1986, the Space Shuttle Challenger lifted off from Cape Canaveral in the United States for a planned six-day mission in space. But just over a minute after the shuttle lifted off, it exploded, killing all seven crew members who were aboard. Now, the investigation into the accident that, that followed that explosion revealed that the cause of the explosion was the large rubber O-rings that were to seal the, the different portions of the rocket together. Well, they failed, allowing hot exhaust to escape from the rocket, eventually igniting a huge explosion uh, that destroyed the Space Shuttle Challenger. However, the investigation into the accident also revealed that before the launch, before that shuttle ever took off, several engineers who had worked on the rocket had warned that the O-rings may not properly work in cold weather, which was the exact type of weather that Cape Canaveral was experiencing the week of the launch. In fact, just a few hours before the launch, these engineers recommended that the launch be delayed because they were afraid of this exact scenario playing out. Well, tragically, their counsel was not heeded. And brothers and sisters, there is an important lesson in that for us. That is the fact that wise counsel, good advice, sensible recommendations, they are only valuable if they are listened to. Wise counsel is only valuable if you listen to it. And this is the same truth that we're going to find in the book of Proverbs this morning. This morning we're going to examine the topic of counsel or advice from the book of Proverbs. We're going to examine several different Proverbs from different places in the book to see what God's word, God's wisdom has to say to us about this topic. And the, the truth or the, the main idea that we will see revealed in the book of Proverbs this morning is this. It's that the wise, those who are wise, the wise, they both seek out and listen to wise counsel. The wise seek out and listen to wise counsel. Now, before we fully dive into that topic, let me give you just a really brief overview of the book of Proverbs. Now, wisdom is really the theme of the book of Proverbs. Wisdom is at the heart of the book of Proverbs, and the purpose of the book is to teach wisdom. Now, Proverbs teaches that there are two paths that one can walk in life. You can walk the path of wisdom, which is the path of life, or you can walk the path of foolishness, which is the path that leads to death. And just that fact that Proverbs describes the path of wisdom leading to life and the path of foolishness leading to death should clue you in that Proverbs is talking about more than just life here on earth. Though Proverbs has much to say about how we live here on earth, Proverbs is ultimately pointing us to eternal truths. You can be wise, or you can be a fool. Now, one author defined wisdom this way. Wisdom is the skill of living. It is a practical knowledge that helps one know how to act and how to speak in different situations. If we were to simplify that even further, we could say that the definition of biblical wisdom is the ability to determine, in a given situation, what is pleasing to the Lord. It's the ability to separate right from wrong, wisdom from foolishness. But in Proverbs, we see that wisdom is more than simply knowing the right thing to do. 
Wisdom is more than simply knowing the right path. It is also choosing to do what is right. The fool who knows the right thing to do and yet doesn't do it. Those who are wise do not just hear wise instruction. They do not just hear wise guidance or counsel. They listen to it. They take it to heart. And they follow it. Ultimately, Proverbs reveals that true wisdom, well, true wisdom is to follow after the Lord. To know wisdom is to know God. To pursue wisdom is to pursue God. Turn with me briefly in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. You can find these verses in the back of your bulletin as well as the rest of the Proverbs that we're going to be studying this morning. Now, we're going to be flipping back and forth a lot in the book of Proverbs. So if you're not confident in your ability to keep up in the flipping back and forth in the book of Proverbs, we have helpfully provided a chronological list of the Proverbs I think I will be studying during the course in the back of your bulletin. So you can just use your bulletin as your guide. But please follow along as I read in Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My son... If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding." I'll just briefly notice what your relationship is to be to wisdom from those verses. You're to seek after it. You're to listen to it. And if you do, Solomon says that you will find the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Well, that is because true wisdom both comes from God and true wisdom also leads you to God. Pastor Kevin DeYoung writes this about these verses in his book, Just Do Something, which we actually have there on the back table. It's a great book. Highly encourage you to read it. This is what he writes about those verses. The first way to get wisdom is to store up God's commands. The second way is to turn your ear to wisdom. And the third way is to call out for insight. To put these ways into familiar language, we could say that we get wisdom by reading our Bibles. That's storing up God's commands. Listening to sound advice. That's turning our ears to wisdom. And praying to God, which is calling out for insight. The second and third, that is turning our ears to wisdom and calling out for insight, the second and third are nearly interchangeable. Because when God gives us wisdom, he most often gives it through other people. Church, that is why we are considering the topic of wise counsel this morning. It is because God often gives us wisdom through other people. He often uses wise counselors to direct us and to point us to Him and the truths of His Word. He often uses other people to correct us when we go astray. Well, so friends, the, the questions that Proverbs presents you with are these. Will you seek after wise counsel? Will you listen to wise counsel? Will you be wise? Or will you be a fool? 
I have three points for you this morning as we do consider that topic of wise counsel. The first is that you need wise counsel. You need wise counsel. The second, why you need wise counsel. And then the third, there is safety in wise counsel. You need wise counsel, why you need wise counsel, and there is safety in wise counsel. So first, you need wise counsel. As others have helpfully noted who have come before me, the book of Proverbs generally speaks of counsel or advice in three broad categories. So one, a counsel or advice that helps in decision making. I think that's what we most often think about when we think of counsel or advice, somebody giving us advice to help us make a plan, to help us make a a specific decision that we might be faced with. So that's one way that Proverbs speaks about counsel or advice. But second, it talks about just instruction or teaching more generally. So Proverbs chapter 1-8, again, that's in your bulletin. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not reject your mother's teaching. Well, in that verse, uh, the author is not necessarily focused on advice given for a particular decision, but general instruction in wise and in godly living. Uh, This is the type of instruction that can help us to discern or know the difference between right from wrong in any situation. So this sermon, or most sermons, are an example of this kind of instruction. Uh, Lord willing, I'm helping you think about the topic of wise counsel this morning, but I'm helping you think about it more broadly. I cannot apply it to each and every one of your life situations here this morning. One, I don't know them. Two, you're going to want lunch, so we can't be here that long. I'm giving more general counsel or instruction about wise counsel that you then will take, Lord willing, and apply to the specific situations of your life. Well, the third way that Proverbs envisions wise counsel, or just counsel in general, is rebuke or correction. Sometimes we need to be advised that we're being sinful and foolish. We need to be corrected. We need to be steered away from the path of the fool and back to the path of wisdom. So Proverbs 15, 12, a mocker does not love one who corrects him. He will not consult the wise, because he doesn't want to be corrected. Now, brothers and sisters, all these three forms, these different forms of counsel are related to one another. I mean, just take the Bible, for instance, and generally speaking, the Bible provides what we would think of as instruction or teaching, that second category, general guidance in godly living. It instructs you on what pleases the Lord. But it does not necessarily apply that teaching to every single life situation that you will face or every single decision that you will face in your life. I mean, it really cannot do that. Imagine how long it will be. Now, you have the responsibility to know the wisdom of the Lord that comes from Scripture and then apply it to the situations of your life. It gives you instruction in godly living that you are to use as you live your life. Christian, this is why you need the counsel of others. This is why the church is so important. You need others to help you take those commands that we have from the Word of God to take the wisdom 
that comes from the Word of God, the principles and instructions that we find in the Word of God, and help apply that to the specific decisions that you are going to face in your life. You need others who know you well enough to rebuke and correct you when you are thinking foolishly, who will steer you away from wrong decisions, who will keep you from error, who will bring you back when you have made foolish decisions. Brothers and sisters, as we go through this sermon, just be thinking, do you have those kind of people in your life? Have you sought out those kind of people in your life? Well, the Bible is the perfect treasure of God's wisdom. It is indispensable to truly wise living. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. But the truth is, if you truly want to be wise, you also need the counsel of others. Well, you know this instinctively if you really think about it. We naturally understand that children do not just like magically become wise on their own. They need their parents to instruct, advise, and correct them. In fact, children whose parents did not do this, maybe those who were orphaned, maybe children who just had parents who were a little negligent, well, the children that come from those backgrounds often make foolish and destructive decisions later in life because they did not receive proper counsel and instruction as they were growing up. Parents, you have an important job to play in your children's life by instructing them and by, most importantly, pointing them to the truths of the Word of God. Parents, you are to be the primary counselor in your children's life. You are to teach them the truths of the Word of God. The church is there to help. It's not the church's job to instruct your children in the Word of God. That is your job, primarily. Friends, if you don't have family devotions or regular times where you're reading the Word of God with your children, you should. We have a book back there on family worship in the library. If you want help on how to start that, I encourage you to check it out and read it. God has given you the primary responsibility of instructing your children in the way they should go. Children do not just become wise on their own. And conversely, we understand that wise children go to their parents for counsel when they are faced with some of the major decisions of life, like who to marry, maybe their first job, where to go to university. Kids and teenagers, let me encourage you to turn to your parents for advice. God has given them to you help make you wise. Well, church, it's as you willingly receive all three forms of counsel that you are made wise. In Proverbs 23, 12, apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. You're to seek out counsel and instruction. You should pray for it because God promises to give wisdom to those who ask. You should also seek it out from others. Proverbs 19.20, listen to counsel and receive instruction so that you may be wise later in life. You don't just need to seek out after counsel. You don't just need to cry for it. You need to listen to it and follow it. Well, just think back to the Challenger disaster. Well, brothers and sisters, do these verses, do these Proverbs describe your life? Do you seek out counsel? Do you seek out advice before you make an important decision? Or do you tell yourself, 
I don't really need the counsel of others. Brothers and sisters, how do you respond when others correct you or rebuke you? Do you get angry or do you listen? Most importantly, do you seek out the instruction of the Lord? Friends, how regularly do you turn to the Word of God? How regularly do you read it? How frequently do you turn to the Lord in prayer and ask for wisdom? Brothers and sisters, even more than the counsel of others, you need the counsel that comes from the Word of God. Well, in 1 Kings 12, 1 Kings 12 records the beginning of the reign of King Rehoboam of Israel. King Rehoboam was the son of King Solomon. King Solomon is the one who wrote most of these Proverbs. When Rehoboam first took the throne, the people of Israel came to him, and they asked him to be gracious to them and lighten the heavy load that his father, King Solomon, had placed on them. Solomon had charged a high amount in taxes. He had forced some of the people into forced labor. And so they asked King Rehoboam to lighten the load that King Solomon had placed on them, and they said if he did this, they would serve him. He would have their loyalty. Before giving his answer, King Rehoboam wisely consulted with the elders and counselors that had so faithfully served his father, King Solomon, who had given his father wise advice. These advisors told King Rehoboam to listen to the people, and he would indeed win their loyalty. However, we see in 1 Kings 12 that King Rehoboam rejected their advice. He instead listened to and followed the counsel of the young men that he had grown up with and who told him to answer the people harshly, to say that he would place a greater burden than King Solomon placed on them. Well, the results of King Rehoboam listening to those counselors were catastrophic. Ten of the twelve tribes of Israel abandoned King Rehoboam and pledged their allegiance to another king. The kingdom of Israel was forever fractured, split between north and south. Israel and Judah. Now you might argue that King Rehoboam acted wisely by seeking counsel. I mean, he even listened to counsel. He listened to those men that he had grown up with. But the problem was that King Rehoboam did not listen to wise counsel. He rejected wise counsel and listened to foolish counsel. Brothers and sisters, it is not enough that you just seek out any counsel. You must seek out and listen to wise counsel. Now again, this starts with the Word of God. It is there that you are certain to find wise counsel. You need to seek out counsel from those who are wise as well. Listen to these Proverbs. Proverbs 12.5 The thoughts of the righteous are just. But guidance from the wicked is deceitful. Proverbs 13, 14. A wise person's instruction is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. Well, church, wise counselors are those who seek the good of those they counsel. They reject those they counsel or, or direct those they counsel to the, the path of life, even if that comes in the, the form of correction. Ultimately, wise counselors appoint those they give advice to to Jesus in his word. They do not just give practical bits of advice. Brothers and sisters, they give spiritual advice. They do not rely on their own wisdom or the wisdom of the world. 
but they seek to give the wisdom that God has revealed in His Word. On the other hand, foolish counselors simply spout their own opinions. They rarely correct, but constantly affirm. They do not seek the good of those they are counseled, but their own good. They deceive and lead those they counsel astray because they are themselves deceived. They are blind guides who are headed down the path of destruction themselves. Well, this begs the question, if you need to listen to wise counsel, if you need to listen to wise counselors, how do you find them? Brothers and sisters, you're to look to those who have submitted themselves to the word of God. Look to those who are themselves listening to the word of God. Look to those who are living lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Now, does that automatically mean that every piece of advice a person like that gives you is going to be good and right? No, it does not. But if that person that you seek counsel from is themselves listening to the word of God, there is a good chance that they will give you good counsel because their counsel should be and prayerfully will be informed by the Word of God. Now, this doesn't mean if you need financial advice, it's a bad idea to go to a financial advisor, even a non-Christian financial advisor. Brothers and sisters, the, the wise counselors that Proverbs envisions are those who are themselves submitted to the Word of God. So brothers and sisters, seek out mature Christians who demonstrate Christ-like character to give you counsel. And brothers and sisters, let me encourage you to be this type of counselor to others. That means you yourself must pursue wisdom. Again, the vision of a good counselor in Proverbs is not just those who can give good financial advice, not just somebody who can uh, give good job search advice. No, they are those who can apply the truths of God's word to the specific situations and decisions that you will face in your life. Now, church, the truth is that you are already being counseled by someone. And you may not realize it, but the truth is that we are all being counseled by someone already. Now, who do you spend most of your time with? Who takes most of your attention? Who do you surround yourself with? Who are your friends? Who or what do you listen to? Do you spend most of your time and give most of your attention to those who love the Lord or those who do not? Those who are acting wisely or those who are acting foolishly? Friends, who do you admire and where do you look for advice? Is it scientists or celebrities and social media personalities? Do you consume more of their words than you do the words of the Bible? If you want relationship advice, relationship advice, who is it that you turn to? Church, you are already being counseled by someone. And your time and your habits and where you place your attention have already revealed who that is. Proverbs exhort you to seek wise counsel. Seek out wise counselors. Seek out the word of God. And friends, that is the type of counsel that brings life. So first, you need wise counsel. But second, 
Why do you need wise counsel? Well, friends, simply put, you need wise counselors because you are not a wise counselor to yourself. Your own heart and your own mind often lead you astray. Think how many times you sinned this week. The simple truth of the matter is that you are not always right. Proverbs 12, 15. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. A fool's way is right in his own eyes. The fool thinks that they are always right. It is the fool who thinks that he or she needs no counsel. Have any of you ever tried to help a very young child with a a task or some activity, only for that very young child, like a two or three-year-old, to tell you that they do not need your help? They know very well what they are doing, and they are quite capable of finishing this task apart from your help. They assure you that they are quite capable of completing whatever they are doing. No offense, kids, this was true of everyone in this room at some point, but that is the picture of a fool. We all know exactly what happens about three minutes after that child tells you that. They come seeking your help because they could, in fact, not complete the task that they were so sure that they could do. Church wisdom takes humility. Receiving counsel takes humility. It takes humility to admit that you do not know everything. It takes humility to learn from others. It takes humility to receive and listen to correction that sometimes comes from others. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that people often do not seek the counsel of others is they simply assume that they do not need it. In his book, The Death of Expertise, author Tom Nichols asserts that people now have far less respect for experts in in various fields of study than they once did. And many people now believe with just a little internet reading and all the information that is available there on the internet that they can make wise and informed decisions on their own. They don't need experts. And with a little internet reading about some medical condition, they assume that they know at least as much as the doctor who has spent years and years training and practicing medicine. Well, Christian, is this true of your own life? You really just think, I don't really think I need advice. Yourself, tell yourself, no one's going to tell you something that you already don't know yourself. Do you believe that no one can fully understand your situation other than yourself? So what's the point in getting advice? Do you believe if someone disagrees with you that they must be wrong or uninformed? You're too full of yourself to seek advice. Christian, when was the last time that you were convicted by something that you read in God's Word? When was the the last time that you sought to change because you were confronted with some truth in God's Word? Brothers and sisters, if you cannot think of the last time, maybe it is because you're being wise in your own eyes. So one reason we fail to seek counsel or seek counsel is that we assume that we're right. We just assume we don't need it. But you also might fail to seek counsel because you don't want to be told that you are wrong. Now, those two things may sound like they're the same, but there's a difference. Listen to Proverbs chapter 18, verses 1 through 2. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. 
In other, re- in other words, one of the, the reasons that people isolate themselves, one of the reasons that people do not seek counsel, is because they want to do what they want to do. You want to pursue your own selfish desires, and you do not want anyone else to tell you otherwise. So you isolate yourself. And maybe you half-heartedly seek counsel, but you're quick to dismiss any counsel if it is not what you wanted to hear. You're only after counsel that's going to affirm the decision that you are already wanting to make. Uh, Maybe you get counsel from those you know will tell you what you're doing is right or will encourage you. That sounds a lot like King Rehoboam. And this is what happened with the Challenger launch. NASA had already had to delay the launch of the Challenger many times before. Uh, They didn't want to do it again. They were feeling pressure to, to launch the Challenger. And so they ignored the counsel that they did not want to hear. They didn't want to be told the launch needed to be delayed again. And so they pressed ahead and they launched despite the warnings of those engineers who were warning about the O-rings. And friends, notice from Proverbs chapter 18, verses 1 and 2, how important community is. It is the fool who isolates himself. Friends, if you isolate yourself from the body of Christ, if you keep away from the church or just exist along the edges, never really getting to know anyone else, if you think your own private worship is good enough, you really don't need the church, well, let those verses serve as a warning to you. Friends, God intends people to pursue wisdom together. God intends people to gather in communities of brothers and sisters in Christ. He intends them to gather together in the church and pursue wisdom together, to counsel one another, to point one another to the word of God. But church, the the fundamental reason that you need counsel is because you are a sinner. Sin clouds your mind. Sin corrupts your emotions. It blinds you to the error of your ways. Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Friends, sin blinds you to your own shortcomings. It blinds you to your own foolishness. The truth is that that your mind and your judgments are not always dependable. Your gut reaction can easily lead you astray. Your feelings and your emotions, they often betray you. Your desires have been corrupted by sin, and they tell you to go your own way and to pursue selfish ends. But left to our own devices, we are all fools. This is why the most important counsel you need is the counsel of the Lord. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. Friends, in in some sense, sin can be defined as pursuing your own way. As just always doing what you think is right. Remember the sad theme of the book of Judges? Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Brothers and sisters, that is the way of death. Your sinful nature is utterly and absolutely opposed to God. The thoughts and attitudes and actions of your sinful flesh are in rebellion against God. 
your sinful flesh tells you to go your own way, seek your own fulfillment. Pursue the desires of your heart, no matter what they are. How many times have you heard that advice in our world? Follow your heart. Your sinful flesh encourages you to listen to yourself and ignore both God and others. It deceives you into thinking that your outward appearance matters more than your heart. It's better to pretend that you know everything than to seek advice. It's better to pretend that everything is okay rather than seek help. It's better to hide and conceal your sin than to confess your sin. That is the way that seems right to us often, friends. But that is the way that leads to death. To simply do what seems right to you is the way of the fool. It is the path to death. But friends, God holds out a different wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 28, 13. The one who conceals his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them will find mercy. Friends, the path of wisdom that leads to life is to admit that you are not wise in yourself. It is to admit that you are indeed a fool. And it is to confess your sin and cry out to God for mercy. Church, God sent his son Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for your sins on the cross. He was raised three days later that you might have new life and eternal life in him. But friends, to find his mercy, to have your sins forgiven and to receive eternal life, you must listen to his word. You must listen to him and you must follow him. You must believe. Listen to these words from John chapter 5, verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. My friends, there is no true wisdom apart from relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to walk on the path of life, if you want to walk on the path of wisdom, you must place your faith in Jesus Christ. You must listen to his counsel, and you must submit to his instructions. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Brothers and sisters, the truth is that you can only do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has sovereignly and he has graciously given you his Holy Spirit if you've repented and placed your faith in Jesus Christ. God sent his Spirit into the world to convict the world of its sin, to show us the error of our ways, and to point us to Jesus, the path of life. The Bible describes the Spirit as a helper and a counselor. Those who place their faith in Jesus Christ receive the Spirit to be their helper and their guide, to help them to walk on the path of life, to help them to receive the wisdom of the Lord and apply it to their life. It is by the power of the Spirit that believers are given the mind of our wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ. It is how we are made wise. Brothers and sisters, you need the Spirit. You need Jesus Christ. And you need others because we are not wise counselors in and of ourselves. Left to our own devices, we are fools, and we need the counsel of God's word, and we need the counsel of others. But you also need wise counsel because, third, 
There is safety in wise counsel. The third and final point of the sermon, there is safety in wise counsel. And friends, it's precisely because we are sinners and that we can be blind to the error of our ways that we should understand that there is safety in counsel. Wise counsel is intended to keep us from error, to keep us from foolishness, to keep us from going our own way. This is exactly what we, we see in the book of Proverbs. Listen to these Proverbs. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Without guidance, a people will fall. But with many counselors, there is deliverance. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Plans fail when there is no counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 20, verse 18. Finalize plans with counsel and wage war with sound guidance. Proverbs 24, verse 6. For you should wage war with sound guidance. Victory comes with many counselors. Well, over and over again, Proverbs mentions that there is safety or deliverance or victory through wise counsel. It is by wise counsel that plans succeed and, and victory is achieved. Well, that is because wise counsel helps keep us from poor judgment. It helps keep us from making mistakes. Well, it's interesting how often war is, is mentioned in these Proverbs. Now, remember, Proverbs was written by King Solomon to his son. It's intended for us as well, but that seems to be the primary audience of the Proverbs. And what bigger decision would a future king face than to go to war. King Solomon was especially encouraging his son not to enter into his biggest decisions without counsel. Again, there is a lesson in that for you, church. You likewise should not make major life decisions without counsel, if at all possible. Do not make major financial decisions like taking out a big loan or changing jobs or quitting jobs without getting counsel from others. Do not decide to move to another city or another country without first seeking advice. The reason is not just so you will make better decisions. It is. But it's so others can help you perhaps see the motives of your heart. Are you seeking to please the Lord in that decision? Maybe is there something else that's motivating you? Does God's word have any wisdom for you that might help you make that decision? Maybe he'll help give you that wisdom through the counsel of others. God has provided you your family and your friends and your church to be a protection to you. He's given them for your good. Heed the words of Proverbs 20, verse 18. Finalize plans with counsel. Notice also the, the wisdom of Proverbs eleven fourteen. Proverbs 15.22, Proverbs 24.6, it is with many counselors that plans succeed and deliverance comes. There is safety in a, in a multitude of counselors. Well, that is because other than our wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, there is no perfect counselor. No one perfect ha- person has perfect knowledge. Even the the wisest of human counselors is not always right. Even the minds of the the best counselors are clouded by their own sin. Therefore, there is safety in a multitude of counselors. We generally make better decisions when we seek counsel from several different people. 
This is why the Bible encourages churches to be led by a group of elders, a plurality of elders. We see that same wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Brothers and sisters, do not just content yourself with seeking counsel from one person. You should have someone besides your husband or your wife or your best friend that you can go to. You should go to those people. Husbands, you should go to your wives. Wives, you should go to your husbands. But you should also seek counsel from other people. And a good principle to keep in mind is that the bigger the decision that you have, probably the more counselors that you should seek. But church, remember that when Proverbs speaks of counsel, it is speaking about more than simply advice for specific decisions. That's one category of of counsel. That's one category of advice. But Proverbs also speaks of general and continual instruction in wise living. Brothers and sisters, that means that you should make it a regular part of your life to seek spiritual guidance and instruction from others. You should have a multitude of spiritual counselors in your life. Seek out regular counsel and instruction from those who can help you grow in Christian maturity. From people who can correct you and point you towards Christ-likeness at all times. Not just when big decisions come. You want to be growing in Christ-likeness at all times. Seek out a multitude of counselors in your life. Cultivate those. They'll be there when the big decisions come. But you want to be pointed to Christian maturity at all times. What does Proverbs mean that there is safety and deliverance in counsel? What does it mean that plans will succeed? Does that mean if you you simply pick the right counselors, that your plans are sure to succeed? If you just get enough good counselors, everything's going to go great. Does that mean you're always going to make the right decision if you seek out wise counselors or a multitude of counselors? That means if you listen to wise counsel, that nothing will ever go wrong. Well, no, it certainly does not mean that. One very important thing to understand when it comes to correctly understanding the book of Proverbs is that Proverbs are not earthly promises. Proverbs are not earthly guarantees. If you read them that way, you're going to badly misunderstand the book of Proverbs. This does not mean that God's word is unreliable. It is just that God did not intend the individual Proverbs to be read as absolute guarantees. They are intended to to be read as general truths about life on earth. A proverb is a, is a short, memorable bit of practical wisdom. It's short, so it sticks in your head. It's there when you need it. They teach what is generally true about life in the world. Now, every culture has these little sayings, these small bits of wisdom. One thing that we sometimes say in the United States is that an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Maybe you've heard that. That's a little proverb. It's not in the Bible, but it's a different proverb. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Now, do we really believe in the United States that if we eat one apple every day or just eat healthy, that we're never going to get sick? Well, of course not. It's a small bit of practical wisdom that's generally true. We understand that healthy eating aids good health, but it does not guarantee it. To quote one Bible teacher, most of the Proverbs are not always true. You often need to put the word 
or the words in general in front of a proverb as you apply it to your life. And it becomes dangerous when we do not because we end up thinking that God has said something is true all the time when that is never what he intended to say. So in general, we make better decisions with counsel. But it does not guarantee that we will get things right. In general, there is safety in counsel. In general, victory will come. But not always. Here's something else that's important to understand. Even when we do make a good decision, a wise decision, it does not guarantee our plans will succeed. It does not guarantee things will go well, even if we make a wise decision. It's because we live in a fallen world and not everything works as it should. But more importantly, it's because the results of our decisions are in the hands of a sovereign God. Proverbs 19.21 Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. Proverbs 21.30 No wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel will prevail against the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I just finished saying that, it, that you should put those words in general in front of most Proverbs. When the proverb speaks of the character of the Lord, that is not true. God's character does not change. It is always true that the Lord's decree will prevail. It is always true that no counsel will prevail against the Lord. It is the Lord's decrees that will stand. It is his sovereign hand that is in control of the world. It's one of the reasons that our plans don't always succeed, even when we make wise decisions. Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. No wisdom, no understanding, and no counsel will prevail against the Lord. It is the Lord's plans that will prevail. He is up to one million things that we cannot understand and do not understand at any given time. And it may be his will for our plans to fail, even when we have sought to make a wise decision. Even when we pleased him in the decision that we have made and with the motives of our heart. It may be his will for your plans to fail so that you learn to trust him more. Church, you have a responsibility to pursue wisdom, but then you're called to trust the Lord with the results. That is the way of wisdom. Make a wise decision, seek out counsel, trust the Lord with the results. That's the way of wisdom. And friends, though Proverbs are only generally true in an earthly sense, they are, as Pastor Mark Dever put it, they are always ultimately true. Or they are always eternally true. What does he mean when he says that? First, he means that Proverbs are not simply tips to live your best life now. Just do this and life will go well. Generally, true. Not always true. Just go read the book of Job for a glaring exception to that statement. Job was blameless and righteous, and yet things did not go so well for him. No, instead, Proverbs are pointing us to live in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. To, to cling to the Lord, who is the source of all wisdom. To fear the Lord and to trust Him and to listen to Him, even when our seemingly best decisions go wrong. Even when the surest of our plans fail. Even when things seem to be going terrible. Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own understanding. 
Why are we to do that? Because entrusting the Lord is where our ultimate safety and our ultimate security is found. Those who listen to the counsel of the Lord will be eternally safe. They will be eternally secure. Friends, for those of you who were here last week for the sermon on Psalm 73, is this not the realization that Asaph came to? He came to understand that the wicked, those who seem to be prospering in this life, were put in slippery places. That one day, they would face death. But the righteous, even when things went wrong in this life, were eternally safe and secure. Brothers and sisters, those who listen to the counsel of God's word, those who who trust in the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, will be delivered from their sin and will be delivered from the wrath of God. They will receive eternal reward. They will gain the victory and they will be eternally safe. John 5, 24. Truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. So church, seek his counsel. Listen to his counsel above all else. Seek out wise counselors who will point you to the truths of God's word, who will direct you to the path of life. Brothers and sisters, listen to Jesus in his word because he has the words of life. Let's pray.